2: you're tuned in to oilers nation every day with tyler uramchuk live every weekday on the nation network youtube
0: We are live. It is a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of Oilers Nation every day. As always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. We got our items of the month or of the week up on the wall right there. Sportscloset.ca if you want to check out all of their fine products. Maybe you're an NFL fan. You want to pick up some fresh NFL gear like this beautiful Bill's lid. They have it all. Sportscloset.ca. Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day, like I said. Tyler, Jay, and Liam, we are all here. We are ready to preview tonight's hockey game, or this afternoon's hockey game, I should say, with the lead. Dun, dun. I, don't have the, I don't have the thing there, like, lead. I should have, like, a piece of paper, actually, that I just, like, pull yeah, it up, lead, the lead. Uh, anyways, we are ready to go. We are live on the Nation Network YouTube channel, so if you want to watch and chat along, chime in there. Give us your Sherwood Ford giant key to the game as well. We'll read a few of those. Ah, uh, Let's dig into things, though. Oilers taking on the stars two PM looking to bounce back from that loss to the New Jersey Devils. Jay, what'd you make of the Oilers blowing that lead late?
2: That was extremely frustrating because they played well enough to win that game. And New Jersey obviously is a much better team this season. Uh and they are fast and they bring it. And we just powered down right at the end, like the last three minutes. Just 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 turned it off and and and, and they, they kept it going and we gave it up and and that's what just sucks about that is we played well enough to win that game and we just gave it back to them. And the other good thing that would have been is like, just like we saw with Nashville, them coming through Edmonton and us giving them a good whooping, and then them taking their angst out against Calgary. We would have set the same stage again uh, for tonight's game with Calgary and the, and and the devils, if we would have whooped them uh, on, on Thursday night. So it's just, it's just disappointing. It's a long season, and you're, you hate to look back at those games because that was two points. That was two points that we just gave away.
0: Yeah, it was uh, two points. I think we had a bit of a technical hiccup there. So for everyone who's just getting in on the YouTube feed, uh, welcome into the show. We are well <laughs> underway. Short for Giant Game Day edition of the show from the Sports Closet Studio. Live on the Nation Network YouTube. Drop your keys to the game in the chat. And actually, if you're watching, if you're watching, please hit that like button. Hammer the like button in the YouTube chat. I want to see how high we can get that number today. Uh, Liam, the Oilers blow a lead to the Devils. Their winning streak comes to an end. Would you want to see any lineup changes tonight?
3: Uh, I, I don't think anything too crazy needs to happen for this team at the moment. I think it's kind of about to... Who's going out at certain times Like when they scored that fourth goal Right after this, what was it, seven seconds Or whatever, and it was yeah. Nima Leinen's pairing Like, it just seems kind of odd So I guess just in that way, situationally We just need to be a bit better, but We don't need to go mess things up We've lost one game now in, what, our last six Like, New Jersey's a good team It's not like we went and lost to Arizona Or something like that, we lost to a good team Everything's gonna be okay
0: Yeah, uh, for me day. Sorry, was that Jay? I said you got to show respect.
2: Like they are, they are a good team. Yep. And three minutes left, a two-goal lead is a no-goal lead sometimes. And yeah, it just a Like you gotta, you gotta shut it down. You gotta put in the players that can shut it down and get the win. So, great point, Liam.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love that from Woodcroft, but at the same time, like that almost speaks to. The problem on the blue line for this team is you can't trust all three of your pairings in every scenario right now. The one change I'd make, I'd take Nima Linen out. I thought that was probably his worst game since they stopped going eleven and seven and had Nima Linen as the sixth D-man. And Murray's now been sitting for a few, right? It's been four or five games since Ryan Murray's gotten a chance to sit in the lineup. So I would put Murray back in, give Nemo Linen a day off before a long road trip. I don't think that would be the worst thing. You don't want Murray to be, what, healthy, scratched for two straight weeks or anything crazy like that. Um, so I'd swap Nemo for Murray. Uh, between the pipes, our friend Tony Brars says it's likely going to be Jack Campbell going tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, although it is not confirmed yet. probably won't be confirmed until they take to the ice for warmups here. Uh, Campbell over Skinner. It's an interesting one to me. Uh, you look at the numbers on the season, and we'll flash them up here. Skinner's been, without a doubt, the better guy. 2.10 goals against average, 944 save percentage. He's got, going up, Campbell, 391, 881. Like, those are basically opposite ends of the spectrum. I With back-to-backs coming early next week in Tampa and Washington, I would have gone back to Skinner tonight, knowing the back-to-backs are going to be split between the two. Jay, right call or wrong call going with soup today?
2: I mean, you're right. Skinner's been the hotter goalie, but Jack's still been getting us the win. So I think you got to give him that vote of confidence. I'm sorry, you got Crawford bouncing here yeah. in the background. I'll uh, be bringing her into the show here real quick because she needs to be snuggled. <laughs> uh, but I'm I, I, once again, like we've got two confident goalies. So I'm not. I'm not a po- i I'm not upset by it, but Skinner is the hotter hand at the moment. Yeah. But this could be a good opportunity for Jack Campbell. He gets the big win against a, <laughs> you know, a strong Dallas team. Uh, and I will get getting Crawford here in one second. Yeah. And I think I, I, I'm not. I'm not against it.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. Uh, Jay is going to go be dad for a second here, so it's just <laughs> Liam and I. Uh, Liam, what do you think, Skinner? Like. And everyone was ripping me on Oilers Nation radio yesterday being like, oh, you're being a Campbell hater. You're a Campbell hater. But like, I'm really not a Jack Campbell hater. Not at all. I'm really excited to see if he can bounce back tonight and put on a bit of a show. But at the same time, I just sit here and I go, you have Stuart Skinner playing so well. This hot streak is not going to last forever. Just get everything you can out of how good Stuart Skinner is playing right now.
3: Wasn't Jack Campbell drafted by Dallas?
0: Yes, he would have been.
3: revenge game anyone
0: like 10 12 years
3: you never forget you never forget Mm -hmm. your first they gotta i think it'll be yeah i think campbell will be fine like we had a big debate about it yesterday on oilers nation radio too like you said and i don't even think it's really a debate like jay just said we have two very competent goaltenders and i think either one of them are good enough to win a game for the Oilers every night. If it, I would like to eventually just see Skinner maybe get two or three games in a row and see what he actually is able to accomplish rather than these spot starts once a week or whatever we're trying to do with him. But... Again, I think you do got to get Campbell rolling a little bit here and yeah. just get some consistency with him in the crease, and you got to get that familiarity with the defenseman too. I think that's going to just help everybody out eventually, and I'm sure in a month or so the numbers will all kind of be very similar and we'll just bounce back to either goalie and be completely fine like we are right now.
0: Yeah, and like you play, you play five times in the next seven days. It's Dallas, it's back-to-backs on Monday, Tuesday against Washington and Tampa. Thursday against Carolina, and then you get Florida next Saturday at 2 p.m. Okay, you're splitting the games on Monday and Tuesday, and then you're probably splitting the games against Carolina and Florida as well, if we're being honest. So why not give Skinner three of these five based on how he's played? That's how I would have done it. I don't think it's going to, like, sink the team or anything like that. It's... It's not a terrible decision to go with soup today. I, I don't think so. Again, his record also kind of speaks for itself, right? He's won way more games than he's lost. So, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one for me, but I think I would have gone Skinner. Who would you have gone with? Let us know in the chat on YouTube. I see there are just over 30 people watching and only six likes. So, do me a solid and hammer that like button for us. Uh, Spiced Spice in the chat. He says, Tyler, when is the next watch along? No. I am debating. Baiting doing one on Monday. I was going to do Tuesday against the Lightning, but I want there to be good vibes, and I worry about playing the Lightning on the second of back-to-backs that it might just be a really long watch-along. And that game's at 5.30, so that makes it a little bit tighter for me to execute it. I might do another watch-along Monday against Washington because it's a road game at 6 o'clock. I think that's a good time to, uh, to fire up the old YouTube for two and a half or three hours again uh reading some keys to the game we'll give ours in just a second here rusty says keys to the game shoot the puck create chaos in front of the backup tendy i feel like dallas is like st louis if they get a lead they'll lock it down score first embrace chaos net front are the keys to the game from rusty joey says solid defense and goaltending hoping Stu gets the start and our d core plays solid scoring is not an issue last game Finishing chances was kind of an issue. You go back through the last 25, 30 minutes of that hockey game, and it was chance after chance after chance after chance, and they just could not find the back of the net. Jay, you have a toddler reaching for your face, but are you at all concerned with the Oilers' lack of finish in the last game? Oh,
2: that, that, that stung. Like that CC, that CC opportunity was. That was a goal. That was a yep. goal, and that changed the dynamic of the game. We created a lot of good chances against New Jersey, so you got to take that as a positive. And they're not always going to go in. Um, so the fact that we can still just create that chaos is always a good sign. So sometimes it's going to work and you're going to put up six and sometimes you're going to get a hot goalie. Like uh, Blackwood, it was Blackwood, right? Let's, yeah. We and then Blackwood. Vanacek. And then Vanacek. Vanacek stood on his head. Yeah. We threw a lot at him. So you got to give him props there. Um, and we just couldn't hunker it down. So I'm not concerned because we still scored three goals. And, you know, in the NHL, that's normally pretty good. I know we're averaging four goals a game. Uh, she loves my beer. That's always that's always her jam. That's our, that's what we do. But uh, I'm I'm not concerned. But you're right. Dallas is going to be a more defensive game. So if we have to at least we have to like if we can get
0: three that that has to be enough. Like that has to be enough. And, and you'd certainly hope it is. Uh, the Stars have been off to a great start. Here's your starting goaltenders for tonight. Rusty says he would have gone with Campbell. Joey says he would have gone with Skinner. So the chat's a little split as well. Waz is simply wondering how many Caesars he should have during this 2 p.m. matinee game. Uh, but Wedgwood's mm. been playing pretty well. Jake Ottinger's down with an injury. He's kind of week-to-week right now for Dallas. Campbell, 5-2-0. The record's great. The other numbers, not so much. 3.91 GAA, Eight eight one save percentage. Wedgwood, on the other hand, You know, his numbers are better than Campbell, but they're not out of this world. He's been a bit of a feast or famine kind of goalie recently. He's allowed 15 goals in his last five starts. He's got a 930 or better save percentage in three of those five starts, though. So there's been a couple ugly games and a couple of games where he's just straight up stood on his head. But he's he's got a
2: strong defensive core in front of him.
0: Yeah, and they do. Like, we can take a look at uh, how Dallas is going to line up in front of – In front of him tonight, where is uh, where is that? There we go. Um, yeah, it's a good decor. Haskinen, Miller, that's solid. Suter, and Lundquist. Lundquist was a first round pick of the Rangers. The Stars gave up a first round pick to get him this offseason. Hockenpaw and Lindell, that's like a really, really good shutdown third pairing. We talked, or I said, you know, the Oilers don't really have three pairings they can trust in all scenarios. The Stars have three pairings they can trust in all scenarios, so you're right. Wedgwood has a really good decor in front of them and that's going to present a challenge for the Oilers here. This Dallas team has outshot the opposition in 5 straight or 4 of their last 5 and a big reason is cuz you know they they can they control play from the back end. So that's going to be a tough thing. That's one of my keys to the game is you got to get pucks through on Wedgwood and hopefully this is one of those games where he's sub 930.
3: Yeah, this Dallas team feels a lot deeper than we've seen in the past, especially the last couple of seasons where it's always just like last season, we spoke about when they played Calgary in the playoffs, it was like, oh, well they have the blue line and then that first line and nothing else. And now, Mason Marchman's a really good player. That Wyatt Johnston yeah. to the rookie they've got on the third line with Jamie Benn is really strong. Like, this is a Dallas team we really haven't seen for a, a while, maybe since they even went to the Stanley Cup. And what was that, four years ago now, three or four years ago? It was
2: the bubble year, wasn't it? Robertson, Hintz, like, like they're,
0: they're a good team. Yeah. They, they got a firepower. Team. Yeah. But, and, and like Liam said, they're deep too. Like, even that fourth line, Glenn Denning, Curvanta, and Faxa, like, that is a... That is a pretty solid fourth line they have as well. So a very deep Dallas team. And I went and I dug up some numbers on their red hot start. They're leading the Central Division right now. 7-3-1. They got the highest 5v5 goals, for percentage in the entire NHL. They've scored 15 goals in their last three games. They're top 10 in PK and power play percentage as well. Compare that to Edmonton, who Edmonton, second in power play percentage, but all the way down at 25th in PK percentage. And that's my second sort of giant key to victory tonight is the Oilers got to stay out of the penalty box. This Dallas team is really good against most teams. The Oilers will win the special teams matchup. Even if they're maybe a little bit worse at five on five, that's not the case here tonight. Like the Oilers are going to have to bring their a game at five on five. And it's far from a lock that they'll be able to win the special teams matchup. So Edmonton needs to stay out of the box. Their penalty kill is awful. Dallas has scored six power play goals in their last five games as well. Like, this stars team is so good. I didn't see it coming into the into the season. I had them finishing just in one of those wildcard spots, but they look like an absolute wagon right now, and the numbers all back it up.
3: Yeah, someone just commented in the chat too. QF Pro 21. Do the Oilers need to make any drastic changes to their PK? Right, as you said, how good Dallas's power play has been at the moment. And I think the thing with the Oilers' penalty kill that's maybe plaguing them a little bit is they're adjusting to playing different players on the penalty kill. I've seen Tyson Berry a lot more, Evan Bouchard a lot more. Yeah. Right now, it's kind of fighting them in the ass a little bit, but luckily the power play has been much better than most teams' penalty kills anyway. So that's been able to counter it. And offensively, we're always just going to be able to produce goals. So the penalty kill, I feel like it's one of those things that's going to gradually improve throughout the season. But uh, someone mentioned it on the radio, actually, the other day. I can't remember who it was, but like, are they missing someone like Chris Russell? And I know Chris Russell wasn't like a massive factor in this team and he didn't play every night, but he was one of those guys who, when he would come in, he'd throw everything in front of him to stop a pug from getting to the net. Like maybe the Oilers kind of need someone like that on the third pair, and like we've mentioned before. Like, I don't think Ryan Murray's that guy to come in on the penalty kill and throw himself in front of everything. Kulak to an extent, I suppose, does that in a, in a way, but I think the Oilers are... I'm missing that little extra juice on the on the penalty kill to help them and when the playoffs come around they're gonna need to find that extra extra oomph in them to to go and get in front of these shots and be better on the penalty kill
0: yeah I I don't know if it's necessarily like a guy like Chris Russell hurts them that much
3: yeah no I I think it's his style I guess is what I'm getting at more Yeah.
0: like I, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Goals against per 60 on the penalty kill, they're fifth worst in the NHL. Shots against per 60 on the penalty kill, they're seventh worst in the NHL. I'm looking at what their save percentage is on the penalty kill. It's 11th. So like, it's not like the goaltending is really just caving them either. Like they have an 8 837 save percentage on the penalty kill, 835. Like that's more or less league average as well. The one thing I wonder about, and this is gonna sound weird, they've been actually decent at generating chances. When they're shorthanded, they have the six Mm -hmm. most shots for per 60 when they're shorthanded goals for per 60 when they're shorthanded. They're top 10 in the NHL. But I wonder if the hat, like, is that a good thing or are they focusing too much on pushing the puck the other way? Are they maybe getting a little bit too greedy and not just going out there being like, all right, let's just survive this two minutes. Ice the puck six, seven times. Bang, we're done. It sounds like maybe it seems like sometimes they're cheating out of their own zone a little bit too much.
2: It's a valid point, but when you got Nuge, McLeod, Dreisidel as your PKers and and Hyman, like these are offensive guys. So know. they're looking to unlock those opportunities. And it's it, it, it's a good point and it's a good debate. Like maybe it's putting in like a pure penalty killer or two pure penalty killer killers as your forwards, but I guess who are they? If it's not those four.
0: Yeah. I- and maybe that's sort of the curse and the blessing side of having skilled guys that can go out there and are your, also your best penalty killers. But I just sit there on one end, I'm like, hey, I like that they're not afraid to push the pace and go for chances and things like that. But then I also kind of go, you know, is the one shorthanded goal every six games worth the two extra goals against that you're probably giving up on the PK because you're cheating just a hair? I don't know. It is weird.
3: Yeah, well, what's the offense is the best defense. That seems to be the motto for our penalty kill at the moment. But, yeah, eventually you just got to kind of get down to the nitty-gritty and just stop the other team from scoring. If if that just means firing a puck down the ice every time, then that's what it is. But you even look at the goals on – um when did they play Nashville? Was that Tuesday? Like, the Nino Niederreiter one, like, the guy comes to the ice and he gets his stick on it right away. Like, it's just they don't seem like – dialed in enough on the penalty kill. And yeah, it's just maybe, like you said, Tyler, just getting those more defensive-minded guys, like like, guys like Derek Ryan and Devin Shaw need to play more on the penalty kill just to kind of calm things down a little bit, I suppose. Like Nugent, I think Nugent Hyman just have to be a lock every time because they are those defensive forwards
1: too, right?
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Let's get into how the Oilers are expected to line up tonight. We're not, I don't think there's going to be any sort of last-minute changes, like I said, unless I got a feeling maybe they'd swap... Nima Linen for Murray at some point, but McDavid with Kane and Yamamoto, Dreisaitl with Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, McLeod with Fogel and Poole Yarvey. Holloway with Ryan and Shore. The other day on the show, we were debating, you know, Dylan Holloway played a team low four and a half minutes last game. That probably can't go on that long. I don't think you want a first round pick playing just sort of meaningless fourth line minutes. And while he had the bad turnover against New Jersey, I actually thought he played okay. He made a nice. He had a nice play on the Derek Ryan goal. He's the one who got it to Tyson Berry and really let that goal happen. But the interesting thing is Tyler Benson was skating in place of Evander Kane the other day at practice. So it seems like Tyler Benson is starting to get a little bit healthier. I wonder if Benson's return to the lineup because I actually I was in the camp of he won a job in the preseason. I thought if Benson was healthy, he would have been on this team in the starting twelve for night one against Vancouver. Didn't break that way. He got injured. I wonder if a healthy Benson, if that'll be the end of Holloway up with Edmonton for the time being, and and maybe they view Benson as a guy who can give them that offensive pulse, maybe even kill some penalties and give them decent enough fourth-line minutes at five, six minutes a night
3: yeah I, I i really think that's going to be the case and the thing with benson is to his last season when we saw him come up he he adjusted his game to play that bottom six role he was becoming a bit more of an agitator getting under people's skins like something i guess the others really don't have and i they're not going to force holloway to do that and nor should they like he is a, eventually going to be a top six forward in the nhl whenever that may be and I do, I think the the thing is just going to be when Benson comes, he'll go down and also looking at Bakersfield's schedule. They only have one game next week. So you could probably see Holloway sticking around for at least another week and then maybe he goes back the week after that. And then perhaps that's when Benson comes back too and the timelines just all kind of add up perfectly. But yeah, like, we, we look at the negatives a lot with Holloway, but you also got to look at it. In the last two games, he's been on the ice for two goals, and he's contributed even, you know, whatever yeah. you want to say about the McDavid, his first assist. He, he got the assist on that goal. So three games in a row, he's been contributing in one way to a goal in one way or another. So there's a positive fear. It's not all about the turnovers, people.
2: The fourth line's been buzzing. It has been.
3: Yeah. There's been too much Devin Shaw hate recently, and I am – I'm not on it. On O&I yeah. yesterday, it was brought up. I saw it on Twitter with a couple of people. Uh, I am on so the Devon score yeah. train. Nope. It won't happen in my books. Devon Shaw is here to stay. He's a good player. I thought Gives he's it been every good. night. He's been good. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, like, like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's literally the most, like, just he's irrelevant to the Oilers in, like, not a bad way or a good way, but he's just, like, he's just there. He just goes out, does his job every night, and there should be no complaints about it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Dan was the one spewing some uh, Devin Shore hate, and we were not standing for it yesterday on on the podcast. Joey says fourth line has been fire. Also says he's been loving Nima Linen right now. Guy's a tank. I agree. He's a tank. But last game, there were a few too many turnovers for my liking. So that's why I was was thinking maybe you just slide in Ryan Murray. Don't want Ryan Murray to get too cold. He gets too cold, that tan might go away, and that's the last thing you want.
1: If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it.
2: Go to Bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: Uh, can we talk a little bit about our guy Connor McDavid and the start that he's been on? 12 goals, 12 assists, and 24 points in just 11 games. He's got five more points than any non-Oiler player in the entire league. He's found the back of the net in seven of his 11 games so far this season, and he has 21 shots on goal in his last five games. The run that Connor McDavid is on is incredible. He's going to be a goal per game until at least the end of the next game against Washington I am fascinated to see how long he can keep this up. And what I loved, he found the back of the net on that goal from Hyman and the smile that was on McDavid's face when he scored, he's almost, you could tell he's almost thinking like, man, they're just all going in for me right now. He is buzzing. He's on another level. This might be the best we've ever seen McDavid in the regular season.
2: Because well, now he's got his—he's got the thirst to score. You know, he's always, he's always passed first. And we've been seeing the transition over the last couple of seasons of him involving more shooting into his game. And now, like, he's almost a shoot-first guy now.
0: Yeah, we talked about those numbers earlier in the week, and it's I think he's he's on the ice for more chances, it feels like, because his shooting stats are actually down from what they were last season at even strength. But the one big difference, if you missed the show earlier in the week, he's firing the puck on the power play like... Almost twice as much as he has been in years past. It's incredible to see how much his shots for per 60 is spiked up with the man advantage. And I love that. I think it gives the Oilers a totally different look if you suddenly need to respect Connor McDavid's shot whenever he's on the ice. The other funny part of it is last game when he tried to be Leon Dreisaitl and hammer that puck from the top of the circle. And he just absolutely whiffed on it. And it goes into the corner. And then they score like three seconds after he fans on the shot. But the shooting McDavid gives them a totally different look. I think, well, I think it's. it's tough to yeah.
3: I, for me, it's just amazing that how good we've seen him be the last few years. And now he's adding even more to his game. And it just shows that like, you're never a complete player. There's always something to improve on. And now you're the best player in the world trying to score 50 goals a season for the first time in his career in whatever year this is. And, Hell, he might even score like he, I think he's gonna come pretty close to 60, not to get ahead of it, but like he is, he's gonna have to go on a bit of a cold streak here not to get close to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, so he's got 12 goals. He is what would that be, 20% just over 20% of the way. Uh, I should not be trying to do math live, I know, but he's just over 20% of the way to 50 goals already, and we're only 10 games into the season. I'd say he's 24% of the way there. Yeah, that's really easy math. I should have been able to do that. Oh, well. And th- another thing, too, is we haven't played
3: Arizona yet. We haven't played Anaheim. We haven't played San Jose. We haven't played, like, the really bad teams yet. We're playing very good teams, and he's scoring hat-tricks and scoring every night. So I'm I'm curious to see what this guy can do, because clearly this guy is the limit on every level. He's yeah. determined. He is determined.
0: Absolutely. Davin says we were all waiting for him to do this. And yeah, like I, I think the goal scoring yeah. side of McDavid's game is something we all sort of saw the potential in throughout throughout his the last couple of seasons. It was just a matter of him sort of recognizing, like, hey, I need to start ripping the pill. And you're right, Liam. If he gets a couple more big games here against some weak opponents, it will get very interesting. Although no weak opponents coming up for the Oilers. Dallas, absolute wagon. Washington, while they're hit and miss, Darcy Campers on a great run right now and winning them some hockey games. Tampa, they're legit. Carolina, cup contender. Florida, cup contender like... Five straight really tough games. And even the week after that, like, you got to go L.A. and Vegas. And then the week after that, it's New Jersey again. And you have that road trip through New York where you got to go against the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers. And then you end it with Florida again. Like, these next ten games are such a big, big test for the Oilers. Like, I'll be honest. If they come out of this stretch of, again, it is 11 games, my bad, starting tonight and then ending with Florida on the 28th. If they come out of this with six wins, I think fans got to be thrilled. 100%. 100%. That's
2: a gauntlet. I think six wins is great. Still so keeps us in a good position and then we'll start racking up the uh, the standings when we go through the easy part of the schedule. Yeah,
0: uh, Let's that's get gonna be into such our... a Sorry, go ahead, Liam.
3: I was just going to say that's going to be such a statement to their entire season. Like, every single team you just named is going to be a playoff team and if the Oilers can come out of that on the positive side of it, then I think people are going to be looking at this team in a much different light than maybe they are right now.
0: Yeah,
2: and if we go five and six, like we can't be dumping on the team either.
0: No. What I'll add, by the way, though, is going six and five would be good, as long as you take care of those two divisional games, right? Those ones against L.A. and Vegas. They're the only two games you have in that week. They're both on home ice. You have three days after that game on Florida, a game in Florida next Saturday to rest up after the long road trip. You need to beat L.A. You need to beat Vegas in that sort of thirteenth to nineteenth week. If you do that. I'd be happy with 6-4 and outside of that because it means you're just basically surviving through these two tough tough road trips you have in November. Let's get to our bets for tonight. Courtesy of our friends at Betway. Cha-ching. Edmonton minus 154 on the money line. I'll be honest, that's not a good spot, guys. I, I would stay away from betting the Oilers money line at that price. I would stay away from betting the Oilers straight up just because his Dallas team is so damn good that this should be this should be a pick If it was a pick I'd be like, ah, yeah, you can throw some money on the home team here, but I would not recommend betting on the Oilers' money line, even though I think they got a shot to win here. Uh, the over-under, I'm not even sure if I want to touch that either. The over's been hitting for the stars because they've been scoring so much, and like I said, Wedgwood's been hit and miss. But again, soup was good last time we had a Saturday matinee, so I don't know if I want to bet against that. Liam, what do you like tonight?
3: I, I'm going Connor McDavid. I'm just on... Like, How can we not go with this guy right now? I'm going to go shots at 3.5 at minus 118. I'm going to go power play point at minus 125. And then I found a little juicy one where the power play goal in the first period for any team, plus 120. Mm. And then I'm going to go with the over two just because I feel like every other game goes over. So it's over polled with McDavid getting two plus points, which is plus 110, which maybe could have been a little bit higher, but Either way, I, th- I think I like all those ones.
0: Jay?
2: Uh, just load them up right now. I am going tonight. I am going, or sorry, this afternoon. I am going power play goal and empty net goal because I feel like if we win this game, we're going to definitely get a power play goal and we'll probably win 4-2 on an empty netter, play, playing plus 250. Mm-hmm. So have a little fun. Um, I'm also going Evander Keen and Jason Robertson both to score. And I'm at, at plus uh, 400, sorry, plus 400. And I'm going to go Connor and Jason Robinson to score as well. And then good old trusty Zach Hyman shot crop hit again last game. Got to nail that. And you know what? I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid of Liam's uh, Jack Campbell revenge tour. And I'm going to, I'm going to take the saves crop for Jack Campbell. What is that at? Oh, I have to pull it up because I didn't, oh, get right. it. you, you sold me, Liam.
3: <laughs> Those revenge games, they're real. They are very they're, real. they're a real
2: thing, and I, I I totally subscribe. So I'll let you go, Tyler, and I'll pull up that prop for you.
0: The grin Liam has when you when you <laughs> said powerfully goal, empty net goal," oh my god, bet trust me nuts. So it's probably gonna hit too because it. Just just because I hate it. Um, For me tonight, my big hammer is the Hyman shot prop. This guy's hitting it so consistently. And last game, he even missed the net twice, and he ended with like five shots on goal. Hyman shot prop, that's my lock of the game. I also like if you can get it parlaying McDavid and Drysaddle on the power play to each get a point tonight. That pays out plus 210. If you want something, Jay, you mentioned the save prop. Taking Dallas on Betway... At over 32 and a half shots on goal. Edmonton has allowed this in five of their last six. For Dallas, this has hit in three straights. I think Dallas might be, uh, they're a team that likes to rip the puck. Edmonton's been giving up some shots lately. Maybe that's That's something you do if you are going to bet on like the Oilers puck line. Throw some money on the Oilers puck line, then throw some money on that Dallas over 32 and a half. Because if Dallas wins, they're probably getting 33 plus shots on net. They don't win or if they don't do that, probably means Edmonton's winning if not covering the puck line. So that would be how I'd hedge an Oilers uh, money line or or puck line bet would be to take Dallas over uh, 32 and a half. Liam, is there anywhere else around the NHL tonight? It's a busy night. Anything else you like?
3: Uh, I, honestly, I never look outside. When the Oilers play, I never look at any other games. Wow. I am just too dialed in on that one game. And yeah, but it, I was when I pulled up the Betway slate, basically every team in the NHL is playing tonight, I think. Yeah. a couple of games right now. Detroit's up 2-0 on the Islanders. Colorado's up 1-0 on the Columbus. So, yeah, busy one.
0: I took uh, took the over in that Columbus-Colorado game. I took Brock Nelson over two and a half shots on goal in that Islanders game. Later tonight, I like the Capitals on the puck line. I like Tampa Bay Buffalo over six and a half. And I like the Kucherov shot prop at plus 125 as well. Uh, So those are the rest of my NHL plays for this evening here. But yeah, Hyman shot prop is the one I'm on heavy for this Oilers game here tonight. Uh, Let's wrap it up. I didn't get your guys' giant keys to the game. For me, like I said, stay out of the box. This Dallas power play is good. This Dallas penalty kill is good. Edmonton's penalty kill is junk. So you can't give Dallas a ton of power play opportunities. And Dallas, their league average in shots against, league average in scoring chances against, 20th in high-danger Corsi against. This team, can they can give up a lot sometimes if they're not firing on all cylinders. So again, Get that offense rolling, throw a ton of rubber at Scott Wedgwood, and make sure you do a good job finishing off your chances. Jay, your giant key to the game for Sherwood Ford?
2: I, I locked it down. Uh, a lot of firepower on this team, uh, and it's proven they can score and they can get shots. So we gotta we got to play uh, well in front of Jack Campbell tonight defensively. There's defensive lapses there at the end of the game that led us to giving the uh, uh, game away to New Jersey. So just a strong defensive focus by every person on the roster for defense. Everyone. Um, I think it's going to be the key to the game against the Dallas stars. All
0: right.
3: Lip. I'm just going to go with just get on top of Scott Wedgwood quickly. At the end of the day, he's a, he's a backup goaltender. We should be able to expose these backup goalies and don't let him gain confidence and, I think scoring the first goal and just getting out to a lead again is going to be important. This could be a tight game. So it's just a matter of making sure we play our game and not their game again. And I think the Oilers have done a good job of doing that in this last little stretch here. So just keeping the momentum going.
0: All right. I love it. Oilers stars, 2 o'clock puck drop. That's coming up in about 90 minutes here. Uh, If you're looking for something else to tide you over until the game, new episode of Oilers Nation Radio dropped yesterday with our friend Harnarayan Singh. Who's an absolute beauty. He had some great stories. I thought it was a really really good chat. Also, as we head into the week, Monday on the DFO rundown, Devin Dubnik recently retired. Oh. He's going to join Jason Greger and Frank Saravali, and we'll be back with a new episode of Oilers Nation every day as well. And yes, I saw who was it? Mike's VHS Treasures. Tyler, do the watch along on Monday night. The Tuesday games on TNT in the U.S. So it's a national game. Uh, so yeah, I might do. I might do Monday for a watch along against the Washington Capitals. That was a lot of fun last time, so I might fire everything up for that. Uh, we'll wrap it up with score predictions. I'm going to say the Oilers win this game 5-3. to Jay?
2: 4-2, empty netter.
0: All right, Liam?
3: I'll go 5-3, empty netter to keep the bet alive. All right,
0: there we go. That's going to be a wrap for today's short for giant game day edition of Oilers Nation every day. As always, live from the Sports Closet Studio, three locations in Edmonton, Short Park, St. Albert, and Kingsway Mall. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your Saturday night, everybody. We'll chat on Monday.